WXLQ, Bristol, Vermont, WNYV, Whitehall, Glens Falls. It's 8 o'clock. Good morning, I'm Todd Moe. This is Northern Light for this Tuesday, January 9th. Monica Sandresky is away this week. Governor Kathy Hochul delivers her third State of the State State Address this afternoon. Affordable housing will be one of her top priorities. Legislative leaders say with the state facing a multi-billion dollar deficit, the governor and lawmakers will need to think carefully about compromise. Whether you're a developer, a housing advocate, a person in government, I think everybody's going to have to sit at the table and maybe not walk away with everything that you wanted to get. Government is not a place where you can say, give me something I want for something I want. That's not how the world works. Marvel has introduced a new superhero. She is from right here in the Haudenosaunee Confederacy. Fans who attended a pre-screening in Montreal say Hole is a hero for generations of Mohawks. I, I'm, I'm aghast. What did you guys think of it? I'm, yeah. Yes. Awesome. This guy. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. It's just amazing. Just amazing in every way. That and more coming up on Northern Light. Stay tuned. Broadcast of Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio is supported by Long Run Wealth, an SEC-registered investment advisor in Lake Placid, providing comprehensive wealth management, retirement, and financial planning solutions, longrunwealth.com. And by Fisher, Bissett, Muldowney, and McArdle attorneys and counselors at law with offices in Malone, Tupper Lake, and Saranac Lake, 800-941-5001. This is Northern Light. I'm Todd Moe. More extreme weather is headed for the North Country after a weekend of heavy snow. High winds are in the forecast for today, tonight, and in tomorrow morning. There's a high wind warning in effect across much of the North Country from this afternoon into tomorrow morning. Winds of 35 to 45 miles per hour are expected with gusts up to 70 miles per hour. Heavy, wet snow is also expected. The National Weather Service predicts widespread power outages. This hazardous uh, weather outlook is for parts of Warren, Washington, Fulton counties, as well as St. Lawrence County, southern Vermont. Heavy rain, high winds, high elevation snow is predicted for today and tomorrow. And again, that high wind warning in effect for much of our region from 4 o'clock this afternoon through 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, stretching from eastern Lake Ontario through the Adirondacks, the Champlain Valley, into the Green Mountains of Vermont. Wind gusts out of the southeast up to 70 miles per hour at times, uh, especially tonight and early tomorrow. Also some heavy, wet snowfall in the forecast. North Country Congresswoman Elise Stefanik appeared on NBC's Meet the Press Sunday. She called people found guilty of entering the Capitol illegally on January 6th hostages and wouldn't commit to certifying the 2024 election no matter who wins. Kara Chapman reports. 
A big topic of the rare mainstream news interview was the January 6th Capitol riot that took place three years ago. Stefanik echoed former President Donald Trump's recent comments referring to those prosecuted in a court of law and imprisoned for taking part in the attack as hostages. Do you think that the people who stormed the Capitol should be held responsible to the full extent of the I law. I have concerns about the treatment of January 6 hostages. Uh, I have concerns. We have a role in Congress of oversight over our treatments of prisoners. Uh, and I believe that we're seeing the weaponization of the federal government against not just President Trump, but we're seeing it against conservatives. We're seeing it against Catholics. Stefanik voted against certifying Pennsylvania's electors for the 2020 election. President Joe Biden won that state. On whether she'd vote to certify the 2024 results no matter who wins, she said she would if it's a, quote, legal and valid election. What we're seeing so far is that Democrats are so desperate, they're trying to remove President Trump from the ballot. That is a suppression of the American people. And the Supreme Court is taking that case up in February. That should be a nine to zero to allow President Trump to uh, appear on the ballot because that's the American people's decision to make this November. Immigration and the border also came up. Meet the press host Kristen Welker asked Stefanik if she was comfortable with Trump's recent comments saying that immigrants were, quote, poisoning the blood of our country. It echoes language used by Nazis. Our border crisis is poisoning Americans through fentanyl. It is poisoning people, including in my district, who are dying from overdoses of fentanyl. And you know why? Because of Joe Biden's wide open border, that executive actions he took on day one. So, yes, I stand by President Trump. And President Trump also has... Yes. Welker also asked Stefanik if she would say yes to serving as Trump's running mate. The congresswoman said she'd be honored to serve in any capacity in his administration. Kara Chapman, North Country Public Radio. Governor Hochul delivers her third State of the State speech later today. The governor is expected to focus on easing the state's affordable housing crisis, among other topics. From Albany, Karen DeWitt has more. Hochul says her priorities for 2024 include easing the state's affordable housing crunch. We're talking about housing, going to be an important part of it. This is the second time Hochul has tried to implement a wide-ranging housing plan. Last year, the legislature rejected her proposal to build 800,000 new housing units over a 10-year period. Democratic lawmakers from suburban regions objected to Hochul's inclusion of housing construction quotas for municipalities while progressive-leaning Democrats Democrats did not want to agree to a plan that didn't include tenant protections, known as the Good Cause Evictions Act, something Hochul objected to. We are approaching this once again and hoping that the legislature will work with us again to focus on supply. We build more supply, prices go down, more people will stay. Assembly Speaker Carl Hasty says the governor, the legislature, and housing stakeholders will have to double down on efforts to compromise. Whether you're a developer, a housing advocate, a person in government, I think everybody's going to have to sit at the table and maybe not walk away with everything that you wanted to get. Government is not a place where you can say, give me something I want for something I want. That's not how the world works. And I just think we all have to sit down and figure it out. The state enters 2024 with a $4.3 billion budget deficit. The governor and lawmakers will have to make decisions about what programs might have to be cut and whether new taxes need to be imposed. Any efforts to limit health care spending will be met with opposition from the powerful alliance of the Healthcare Workers Union, SEIU 1199, and the Greater New York Hospital Association. The groups have already begun a TV ad campaign to increase Medicaid reimbursement rates. They say they're hurting services and staffing at hospitals. The Greater New York Hospital Association's Ken Rasky spoke Monday at a rally at the Capitol. We need 
the hospitals that get paid their cost of care. Seems so simple to me, doesn't it? Progressive Democrats in the legislature say taxes should be increased on the wealthy to help close the gap. Governor Hochul doesn't support that idea. In the waning days of 2023, Hochul vetoed several measures that the legislature had approved earlier in the year, including an update to the state's wrongful death statute and a change to allow more donations to qualify for the state's public campaign finance matching fund program. That caused some resentment from key state lawmakers who sponsored the bills. The governor's communications director amplified that disagreement by labeling some of the measures as extreme. Senate leader Andrea Stort-Cousins downplayed any differences, saying there are no hard feelings lingering from the vetoes. The relationship is the same. It is always collegial, cordial. Uh, We have a relationship that um, uh, I know uh, is important because we need to get a lot, a lot of things done. And we will continue to work for consensus on our, our legislation and continue to collaborate. Assembly Speaker Hasty says some of the measures will be reintroduced with the hope of reaching an agreement with the governor before they're voted on. You go back and you try to see if you can make some amendments that will um, be palatable to all parties. That's government goals. It's you just you start all over again in the new year. And that new year gets underway in earnest with the governor's speech at 1 p.m. on Tuesday. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. You'll hear Governor Hochul's State of the State address live here on North Country Public Radio this afternoon, starting at 1 o'clock right here. Messina is now accepting public comments on the plans for a nearly 85-acre green hydrogen plant. The facility plans to discharge its treated wastewater into local waterways. According to North Country Now, some residents expressed concerns about chemical contamination in a public information session. The company, Air Products, says that the discharged water will be chemically free because it's chemical free because it's only used for cooling. Land clearing has already begun on the Messina site and the facility is scheduled to start operating in 2027. A new shuttle system is up and running in Warren County. The vans take seniors over 60 from northern and western parts of the county to Glens Falls and Queensbury for free. It's also available for veterans of any age. The new service is a collaboration between the county's Office for the Aging and Veterans Services. It's replacing a private senior shuttle that closed abruptly in 2022 after years in the area. Warren Hamilton County's Office for the Aging Director, Deanna Park, believes the new shuttle will help seniors remain in their homes. Service is available at nine towns, including Bolton, Chestertown, Warrensburg, and Stony Creek. Seniors or veterans who want to schedule a pickup can call the Office for the Aging at 518-761-6347. A Connecticut woman who pushed for expanded access to Vermont's law that allows people who are terminally ill to end their lives has died in Vermont. Linda Bluestein, who had terminal cancer, ended her life by taking prescribed lethal medication last Thursday. Her husband said her last words were that she was happy she didn't have to suffer anymore. The group Compassion and Choices filed a lawsuit against Vermont in 2022 on behalf of Bluestein. She claimed Vermont's residency requirement in its medically-assisted suicide law violated the U.S. Constitution. The state settled the case last year, allowing Bluestein and later anyone else in her circumstances to take advantage of the law. 
The state agreed to a settlement last March that allowed Bluestein, who is not a Vermont resident, to use the law to die in Vermont. And two months later, Vermont made such accommodations available to anyone in similar circumstances, becoming the first state in the country to change its law to allow terminally ill people from out of state to take advantage of it uh, to end their lives. More than five months after catastrophic flooding hit Vermont's capital city, Montpelier residents and members of the state's congressional delegation are demanding that the post office reopen and express expressing frustration with U.S. Postal Service leadership. They held a rally outside the post office in Montpelier yesterday. Vermont Congresswoman Becca Balint says uh, lacking a post office is a hardship for seniors, small businesses, and people who just want to be part of their community. The U.S. Postal Service says it's been searching for an alternate site in several places in and around Montpelier were toured last week. A spokesperson didn't provide a timeline for when a new post office might open. You're listening to Northern Light right here on North Country Public Radio. Time now is 13 minutes past 8. Stay with us. Coming up, we'll hear about a new Mohawk superhero. That's coming up in just a few minutes. Music by Potsdam guitarist Oscar Sarmiento. Broadcast of Northern Light is supported by Long Run Wealth, an SEC-registered investment advisor in Lake Placid, providing comprehensive wealth management, retirement, and financial planning solutions. LongRunWealth.com. And by Fisher, Bissett, Muldowney, and McArdle, attorneys and counselors at law with offices in Malone, Tupper Lake, and Saranac Lake. 800-941-5001. Many Mohawk people are raving about the new Marvel superhero, Gohuli. Marvel introduced her at their animated show, What If?, that reimagines big events from the Marvel Universe. And she's from right here in the Haudenosaunee Confederacy. Monica Sandresky attended a screening in Montreal. People who came said Gohuli is a hero for generations of Mohawks. 
Dozens of people mill in the foyer of Montreal's Cinema Cineplex before showtime. They snap photos on a small red carpet with the Marvel Studios backdrop. Doug George Grandillo is Mohawk. Marvel hired him to do historical consultation. It was a long back and forth, going over and over every detail. But they were faithful, and they were steady, and they were um, completely committed to treating us with the greatest respect. And I've been involved in some film projects before, and this is the first time that we've had that degree of uh, cooperation. First time. Well, there's such an opportunity in animation that we can control literally everything that gets on screen. There's not a rock on that screen that we don't put there. Ryan Little is the show's head writer. He says Marvel wanted an indigenous hero, but didn't know where to start. So he went to a mentor of his, who he knew had worked with the Haudenosaunee, including George Gunandillo and his late wife, singer-songwriter Joanne Shenandoah. So we knew that when it came to their clothes, their skin tone, their tattoos, everything, we could make this as authentic as they wanted it. Indigenous people are central to the story and production. The episode is almost entirely in the Mohawk language. George Gunandillo says Mohawk people translated, advised on, and voiced the entire thing. And it'll show when people see this. It'll show. I'm hoping it'll set such impeccable standards of storytelling when it involves Native people that uh, whenever a project is considered that people take this as, as the prototype. But nobody has seen it yet, and they're in for a big surprise. No. Hey, there's Derek over there. Oh, it's going to be exciting. <laughs> Our hero, Goholi, lives in the pre-colonial Adirondacks. (sighs) When Spaniards arrive and enslave her community, she discovers her power and leads the Skymen to fight, free her people, and invade Queen Isabella's court, smashing her throne and demanding peace. What if? As the credits roll, Agnes Sweets Jacobs tears up. She's a sub-chief of the St. Regis Mohawk tribe and says the story is an alternative history for her people. What if? Guess what I was thinking of. What if we didn't welcome them? What if we send them back to where they came from? What if we still lived in, in peace, in harmony, and uh, took care of the earth the way we're supposed to. The meaning of this episode is personal for Millie King, too. She smiles and crinkles her popcorn bag. I loved it <laughs> so much. I'm real proud of my, my grandmother, my dada. Her grandmother, Cecilia King, translated the episode. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the ride. I've never done anything like this before. King taught the Mohawk language at the St. Regis Mohawk School. Now Millie is following her path. She catches her grandmother's eye across the theater and beams. I love seeing the culture and language. I could actually understand it too. First time being able to see something that I could understand. She also loved hearing the music from Bear Fox and Joanne Shenandoah, who worked on the episode before she passed in 2021. Hug, you know. <laughs> Ooh, I 
I like your... More of King's kids and grandkids gather around her. Her nephew, Alahuni Yung, gets asked her to sign a piece of bright blue Gaholi fan art that he made. And we're all the same clan. Like, (laughs) we're the same same clan as Gaholi. And then, you know, we're freaking out about that. Alahuni Yung gets love, the episode's vibe, and joking around. He writes books based on Haudenosaunee legends, and he flew in from Santa Fe just for this pre-screening. Even just the symbology in the episode, everything that I was seeing and just knowing my history, knowing our culture, knowing our people, I could see us in the episode. It's really, really powerful to see. And for my siblings to grow up watching this type of stuff, it's really really hits me in the chest because whenever I was a kid, I had uh, Indian in the cupboard. A movie filled with triggering scenes and ethnic slurs. The fact that we're here at like one of the highest stages, like I mean, Disney, like it's really heartening and it's really awesome to see that it's just us. She's powerful. She's independent. She's her own. And I don't know. I'm, I'm like, uh, I, I'm, I'm aghast. What did you guys think of it? I'm, yeah. Yes. This guy. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. It's just amazing. Just amazing in every way. His brother, Doan Dege Ungets, is eight years old and a diehard Marvel fan. He loves Spider-Man, but says Gaholi might be his favorite now. Very good. Are you going to draw it when you get home, too? Are you going to draw her when you get home, he asks? Yeah. Yeah, I want to try to draw Gahori. Yeah. Their sister, Jogas Leo Jung, gets loved seeing an empowered female lead. She went nuts at the part when Gaholi blasted the Spaniard's head into the mud. <laughs> right into the ground, it was just like, oh, I feel so satisfied. Like, it's just so, like, it's always like they just get away at the last second or, like, yeah. we're the people that, like, give mercy and it's just like, oh, it's like, why are we always the bigger person in all of these situations? But I mean, that's good. But it's like, it's just satisfying to see some justice in some way. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch it like a million times and it yeah. officially yeah. comes out. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to watch it so many times. Finally, they say, a native character, a hero that's just like us. You can stream the episode now on Disney Plus. Monica Sandreski, North Country Public Radio, Montreal. And we're going out on music from the Mohawk singer Bear Fox. Her music is featured in the Marvel episode. And this is Healing Song. singer Bear Fox and Healing Song. Time now coming up on 8.23. You're listening to Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio.
This is Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio. I'm Todd Moe. The time, 824 on this Tuesday. It's the 9th of January. High wind warnings in effect uh, this afternoon through tomorrow morning. The Weather Service says winds out of the southeast could gust up to 70 miles per hour at times. Uh, That extends from eastern Lake Ontario through the northern Adirondacks, the Champlain Valley, and the Green Mountains of Vermont. A high wind warning in effect from 4 o'clock this afternoon through 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. It's winter. It's wood stove season for many, and a pot stand man is on a crusade of sorts to make sure people are splitting and stacking firewood properly. It's not about the aesthetics. But it's about helping those who heat with wood make the process safer and more economical. Miles Manchester has cut wood and heated his St. Lawrence County home for decades. His focus has been on the book Norwegian Wood, Chopping, Stacking, and Drawing Wood the Scandinavian Way, and its extended essay on the art and science of turning forests into firewood. Wood cutting is almost a cult in Scandinavia and here in the North Country as well. I caught up with Miles Manchester uh, earlier this year. We talked a bit about curbing the problem uh, by of uh, wood chimney, wood stove chimney fires by properly cutting, splitting, and stacking firewood with a little help from the Norwegians. Hi. I'm Miles Manchester. Uh, My interest in this is more at a personal level. I've been burning wood most of my life. I've been reading about it a lot over the years, and I came across this particular book titled Norwegian Wood that I believe is the best thing I've ever read about the process of getting wood from the tree to the stove or furnace and how wood dries, the technical aspects of the different species of wood, and what can either speed up or slow down the process of drying. So the good news is that wood dries remarkably fast if it is chopped, split, quickly after felling. You know, the old story that you have to dry your wood for a year to dry it, or if it's oak, you have to dry it two years... There are so many variables about when you cut, how quickly you split it, how quickly you get it stacked, and how much ventilation, and if you can get it into sunshine. They're just tremendous variables, but if you find out what are all the factors that go into drying your wood, and then come up with the best combination of factors for your own circumstances, you can dry wood remarkably quickly. And so the old story that you have to dry your wood for a full year is is a myth. It's not a bad myth in a way because it encourages people to store their wood longer. But in fact, if you find yourself in circumstances where you don't have that full amount of time, if you do all the right things, you can make a huge difference and get that wood drier than you would otherwise. And just to back up, you're, re- you're quoting from the Norwegian Wood yes, book. This, yeah. this is the book, Norwegian Wood written by an author named Lars, I believe it's pronounced Miting, M-I-M-Y-T-T-I-N-G. And there's a section in here that talks about what happens when you cut wood, but you don't split it right away, and bacteria begins to work on the wood. And that really rang a bell with me, because years ago when I was studying maple syrup production, they used to put tablets. You'd drill a tap hole, put a little white tablet in there to keep 
the uh, bacteria from clogging up the hole. Problem with that is those tablets were formaldehyde, which nobody wants to see used anymore. But what what that means for me, it confirmed the understanding that the same bacteria that would clog up the tap hole in a maple tree is the same bacteria that will clog up all the little tubular structures in a block of wood that lets the water out, that bacteria can accumulate and prevent the water from coming out through those little sap tubes. And so this is this one chapter is probably one of the, or this one page is probably one of the most critical pieces of information that was somewhat new to me, the, the criticalness of getting that wood split and stacked quickly. That is, if you're going to dry your logs out in the winter and leave them laying on the ground until whenever you get around to cutting it up, the heating value of all your wood is going downhill all the time that wood is laying there. And uh, so this is a lot about safety, but it's also about economics. If you're burning 20, 30, 40% more wood than you need to because of the quality of your wood, that's a huge financial waste. So your advice is, uh, if you're cutting the if you're cutting the firewood, cut, split, and stack. Don't cut and leave it for six months and come back and split it in the yeah, fall. Yeah, that something. wood that wood has deteriorated. Yeah. And when you think about those all those little tubes through the wood that lets the sap move, those same little tubes that will let the water out will let bacteria in. Don't get bogged down in the artistic stacking of wood in Norway. There's a lot of cultural stuff in here, which is beautiful pictures. But whether somebody stacked a pile of wood to look like a codfish may not be relevant to how dry your wood gets. I spoke with Miles Manchester about the proper way of cutting, splitting, and stacking firewood last summer. The book is called Norwegian Wood by Lars meeting and if you want to contact miles you can email him dryfirewood23 at gmail.com thanks for listening i'm todd moe